It's study time, y'all. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your coach, Sky Matsuhashi. Let's get you learning and taking action. Wow, it's hard to believe that 2021 is already halfway done, but time flies when you're killing it, right? So I received an email the other day from Jim Quick. He is a memory expert, author, podcaster, and you can learn more about him at jimquick.com. That's K-W-I-K for Jim Quick. Now, on his website, he says that his life's passion and mission are to create a smarter and more caring world by helping you reclaim your power. And as part of that mission, this this week's current podcast that he released, uh, it's about the six steps that we can take to win in the next six months, because a lot of us have had maybe a tough time in 2021 so far, but he gives six really good things that we can do to take our whatever journey we're on to the next level by the end of 2022. Now, I thought this was a perfect idea for a podcast topic for all of us poker players to focus on, especially those of us who've maybe had a difficult first six months of this year, and maybe we're just kind of like down and out in poker. Results are bad. We're not feeling it. We're not happy. Um, and we need to make some kind of a change to improve our poker journey. So I'm uh, taking a note from Jim Quick in this episode, and I'm going to give you six strategies, both on and off the felt, that will help you refocus, re-engage, and move forward as you tackle the rest of 2021. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to cover some really good stuff at this episode, so make sure you do like just, or just as Sheriff Bart just said, whip out those poker journals. Also, please go to the show notes page for today, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod349, because I've got tons of links and a few videos to help you really take 2021, the remainder of 2021, to the next level. Okay, let's do this. Gambate! What do you see? We cut the chit-chat a-hole. So strategy number one to win in the next six months is to study to avoid overwhelm. Now, what does this mean, studying to avoid overwhelm? Well, this is studying one topic at a time, consuming at most one item per day while taking notes, and putting to use what you learn before you consume a brand new item. Now, why is this going to help you? Well, I used to have a huge issue with feeling overwhelmed by trying to study just way too many things at once. For example, I would go, you know, pick up some videos on, not pick up, find some videos on YouTube. Maybe I would watch three in a day, like one on c-betting, one on pre-flop bet sizing, and one about missing the flop when you hold ace-king. So if you think about it, if I watch those three videos in one day, those are three totally different topics. And by watching three in one day, trying to learn from three completely different areas, I'm overwhelming myself with way too much strategy, and I'm guaranteeing that I won't practice any of it, and my play won't improve at all, even though I just watched three really good videos, right? So how do you do this? How do you study to avoid overwhelm? Well, it's all about choosing one. So here's what you do. Choose one strategy to focus on this week. Find one piece of content to study. If that's a podcast, a video, an article, a chapter in a book, I don't care. One piece of content to study. Take notes as you consume that item, you know, read, watch, listen, whatever it is. Now what you're going to do is practice one thing that you learned from that item that you studied. Now repeat this over and over until you've practiced all that you can from this one piece of content. And also practice until you feel your skills have improved for it. 
then you can go ahead and move on to the next study topic for the next week. And to help you out in the show notes page for today, once again, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod349. I have a YouTube video there called Poker Study Routine for Beginners. You got to check it out. All right, strategy number two to win the next six months, and that is daily hand reading. Now, hand reading is poker's number one skill. If you don't know what it is, it's the art and science of putting your opponent on a range of hands, then narrowing that range through the streets. Now, as you narrow their range, you're better able to make exploitative plays based on the hands that they could conceivably have at any given time. So how is this going to help you in the for the rest of 2021? Well, let me tell you, the best, the single best thing I ever did for my poker skills and my poker skill set, my poker journey, it was to accomplish 66 days of hand reading. And I actually posted videos for all 66 days on my YouTube channel. And in the show notes, I have video one there for you to check out as well. Before the 66 days, I was already a winning player. Not a big time, not like 17 big blinds per 100 hands winner, but I was a winning player. But these 66 days in a row of hand reading one hand every day in various situations, uh, that just, it, it, it approved my skills across the board. Most important thing I ever did for my game, and I highly recommend that you do it. Now, how do you do hand reading? There's three things that you need. Number one, you need hand histories. And this could be written out hand histories if you're a live player or if you play on a poker site that doesn't allow Poker Tracker 4. But of course, if you play on a site with Poker Tracker 4, that's the best. You save all the details from all of your online hands, and that's the best way to have hand histories for hand reading. The second thing you need is Flopzilla Pro. It's the best hand reading software, and at only 25 bucks, it really is the best money you'll ever spend on improving your game. And the third thing you need is an incredibly uh, epic long article that I wrote called Do Poker Hand Reading. You can find it at smartpokerstudy.com slash pod250. And again, there's a link in the show notes page, right? But this 3,700 word post, it has a few podcast episodes, a few videos, and action steps that are going to teach you how to do hand reading. All right, strategy number three to kill it for the rest of 2021 is to play for bread and butter. Now, what does that mean? Well, bread and butter, that's the most profitable situation that you can put yourself in. That means that you're in position as the pre-flop raiser against one or two other players. Now, I've reviewed hundreds of databases, and this is by far the most profitable spot to be in. When you're the pre-flop raiser, you have the strongest range, and your opponents have to deal with that, of course. You also have position, so you have an informational advantage and a time advantage against them as well. And when you're facing just one or two players, it makes it so much easier uh, to put your hand-reading skills to use to make exploitative plays. So here are five things that you need to do to play more bread and butter. Number one is to raise more frequently than you call pre-flop. Number two, have a wider raising range in the cutoff and the button, so get more active in the best two spots. Number three, ISO-raise versus limpers instead of limping behind them. Number four, three-bet versus open raises instead of calling. And number five, defend your blinds way less frequently. If it's a questionable call, just hit fold. Maybe you can three-bet bluff, but don't call if it's questionable. Now, I did a 
prior podcast all about bread and butter. The name of the podcast was On the Hunt for Bread and Butter Profits, and you can find that one at smartpokerstudy.com slash pod243. All right, the fourth strategy to kill it in 2021 for the remainder of 2021 is to table select. Now, table selection is where you actively choose profitable tables to sit at. The more fish on the table, the more profitable it is, right? Let's think about this. A six max table with five fish on it, it's going to be way more profitable and more easy or easier, I guess, and more fun or funner than sitting at a table with like five winning tight aggressive players, right? Fish, they make a ton of mistakes and they often just kind of play their cards, their whole cards in the board. And that's all they really care about, right? And that uh, sends their chips into your stack. However, when you're up against winning players, especially the tight aggressive and the loose aggressive ones, they pay attention to more than just their cards. They use a HUD, they study the game like you do, and they find ways to exploit you. So you're basically, with table selection, you're looking to play with as many fish as possible. Now, how do you do this? Well, I want you to actively assess the fish on your table. Count them, right? Take a look at each of the seats. What kind of player are they? Are they winners? Or are they recreational fishy kind of players, right? Within 10 hands at a table. You should see a lot of calling and a lot of limping, right? And minimal three bets. However, if everyone appears to be a strong winning player, uh, leave the table and find another one. You also want to consider who is seated on your direct left because they have position on you. If it's a strong, aggressive winning player and they can or they know how to make your life difficult with three bets and then calls and then betting when you check that kind of stuff post flop, go ahead and leave the table and find another one. And here's another podcast recommendation for you. Uh, I did a podcast number 282 and that was called Table Select for High Profit Potential. Avoid the sharks! And you can find this podcast at smartpokerstudy.com slash pod282. And of course, once again, go to the show notes page for a link right there. Now, the fifth tip to help you crush it in the rest of 2021 is to call less and three bet more. Of course, this kind of goes along with that prior strategy about going for bread and butter, right? Well, here's the thing. Three betting preflop instead of calling, it makes you the aggressive player with a stronger range. Plus, you have that C-betting initiative post-flop. And something bad about calling? Calling shows weakness, and you're asking aggressive players to 3-bet after you call. Now, why is the strategy, calling less than 3-betting more, why is that going to help you? In general, aggression wins in poker, and by turning some preflop calls into those aggressive 3-bets, you're sticking it back in the open raiser's face, and you're putting them to the test. This gives you the opportunity to win the pot preflop if they fold. And if they choose to call, well, you still have the same hand that you're 3-betting with instead of calling, right? You can still hit something good on the flop or just simply miss the flop, but then take it down with a C-bet. And lastly, calling is just non-bread and butter in general, right? When you call, you're purposely putting yourself in a losing situation. 3-betting, that is bread and butter poker, and that's a much more profitable spot to be in than being the caller. So how do you do this? Well, every time you face an open raise, you got to consider the merits of three betting. Now, three betting for value with ace king and queens are better. Super easy, right? Everyone does that all the time. It's the three bet bluffing that's tough. Now, to help you three bet bluff a little bit more, 
In the show notes page for today, I put a, uh, a brand new video that I posted on YouTube all about turning calls into three bets. And I show you the six things to look for that help you have more successful three bet bluffs. And those six things are being in position, holding an ace, preferably suited or connected, facing a small open raise and a large stack of your opponent, your opponent's raise first in by positions greater than 20%, their raise then fold to three bet is greater than 50, and their fold to flop C bet is greater than 50% as well. Now, in that video that I mentioned, um, I discuss all those six things and I review eight different hands along those elements right there. And I discuss what makes a good three bet and what makes a, a decent call in these various hands. Now, the final one, tip number six to help you have a winning six months, final six months in 2021, is to read The Mental Game of Poker. So this book, The Mental Game of Poker, it's my favorite mental game-related book, and it's by Jared Tendler, and it's totally helped me just incredibly, immensely with my tilt and my anger issues. Now, how is this going to help the remainder of your journey through 2021? Well, the mental game, it's probably the thing that most players ignore. And at the same time, it's probably the leading cause of poker loss, right? Things like anger, entitlement, revenge, a hatred of losing, a fear of making mistakes. All of those things lead to terrible play and even further loss, right? Now, this book, The Mental Game of Poker, it addresses the most common mental game issues and it gives clear advice on how to work through them to become a mentally stronger player. So what you have to do, if you don't already own it, get the book as soon as possible. I, of course, recommend the paperback. I always love my educational nonfiction books in paperback form so I can write on it, take notes, refer to it super quickly anytime in the future, right? So if, uh, for a link to buy this on Amazon, just go to the show notes page. There's a link right there for you. Now, if you do get the book, think about strategy number one, right? Studying to avoid overwhelm. I recommend that you focus on this one item, this one book for the entire month. Uh, you know, August is coming up. Focus on it all the way through August, right? That's going to help you avoid overwhelm. So you're just going to play your normal game with your normal strategies, but you're working to become mentally stronger before you work maybe in September to add new poker strategies to your skill set. Quick shout out today to some incredible poker peeps who donated for my Get More From Poker Tracker 4 program. This is a free po program, 77 minutes worth of videos, training in getting more out of Poker Tracker 4, running filters, checking out the Hold'em Hand Range Visualizer, um, learning your stats, all that jazz, running reports, the Leak Tracker program. Everything is right there for you to help you learn to get more out of Poker Tracker 4. So I've got to thank Eric Anderson, Rodriguez, Margaret Coughlin, Andy Fisher, Michael Mateo, and he's actually the author of a book called Fundamentals of Playing Online Texas Hold'em Poker. Really good guy, Michael. Um, Cyril Victor and Charlotte. They all, uh, this program is absolutely free, but they enjoyed it so much they decided to donate a little bit of money uh, to Smart Poker Study to help support the show. So thank you all so much. If you want to check this out and other poker programs for absolutely for free, go to smartpokerstudy.com slash programs. All right, poker peeps, I covered so many things in this episode. You have to go to the show notes page to really round out your learning. Tons of videos, tons of resources there. Smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 349. 
And as a reminder, this Saturday, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, July 17th, is the America's Card Room $75 Guaranteed Smart Poker Study Tournament. So just go to the um, uh, America's Card Room Tournament Special tab, and you can sign up for the Smart Poker Study Tournament. The password is Smart Poker Study all lowercase. It's a $3.30 buy-in, 40-minute late reg, 8-minute levels. And I will be there trying to take your chips. So come on and battle me. My other podcast called Daily Poker Tips, that's available wherever you listen to podcasts. To subscribe, just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash dailypokertips. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.